0: Into the oh, gracious, baby, to this. It is Tuesday, the 6th of April, we have bellies full of chocolate and Shane Lee, my dear old friend, is, will we welcome everyone to Afternoon Sport. You've got a belly full of pig and I say that in a nice way because you had the pig on the spit for Easter. Yeah, It's not a very attractive thing to say, is it? No, um,
1: no we did, mate. we did a whole pig on the spit, it was wonderful, we did it in um, Filipino style. So it was plenty of nice Vietnamese rolls with uh, with Filipino pork and some Asian slaw, mate. It was
0: beautiful. Goodness gracious, your joint! It just yeah. sounds like an a la carte. <laughs> so can you cry back and send some over to me and Dan McHugh, our producer, because we'd love some. There's none left, mate. We're There's both floating away to a block of flats over here. Anyway, look. Also very exciting. We're going to give away the Spartan Rugby League ball signed by the Bulldogs, the doggies, and of course uh, we do have our new Rugby Union podcast called The Running Game, which will be released later in the week. We have. Of Corey McKernan on the show, Jaslyn Hewitt. Let's get cracking or crackling.
2: All
0: right, so much AFL to talk about, and we're going to unstitch all that with Corey McKernan, but let's look at the Rugby League. What about your Dragons? Anthony Griffin doing a brilliant job. Big win against Newcastle. That's three on the trot a
1: tried, mate, and, and who would have thought? Particularly not me at the start of the season. I thought the Dragons were going to be the cellar dwellers, mate, but um, they're really fighting for each other. And uh, you know, a, a really good win over a depleted Knights. Um, Twenty-two to thirteen. And the big news out of that goes Mitchell Pearce is going to be
0: probably out for three months mm. with um with a shoulder injury. Yeah, those those injuries just continue. Yesterday, Parramatta got the chocolates over the West Tigers. I don't know who won the fight in the stands.
1: What about that? Good, good old fashioned punch up in the stands. It was um, unfortunate for those guys who were in a fight in the stands. Um, there was close up footage and uh, there's image of their faces. So mm. I dare say they're going to be banned from rugby league probably for life, mate. Which is not great for them. But um, yeah, Parramatta a really good win over the Tigers. Thirty six. To, to 22 a lot of big wins over the weekend a lot of 13 plus wins um for a lot of teams there is a big gap between the top and the bottom in the nRL at the moment
0: yeah well the tigers came into that and and, and Parramatta took off at the end but that is uh, just quickly that is an issue isn't it because mm. some of these have knots in rugby league they're just getting flogged yeah sure is mate and uh you know there's some big wins by canberra big wins by the
1: roosters you know, it goes on and on and on. And um, yeah, as you said, the top four are really excelling. A lot of points being scored. The game is being played very fast, um, which is great from a spectator's point of view, but like in the AFL you see in these a lot of these close games, you you, you want you want both teams to be in the competition closer to the final whistle and not being done by half
0: time. Yeah, oh, Melbourne over Brisbane. I thought that was going to be close. And Pappenhausen, boom, crash opera, four tries. Yeah, an interesting time. There were some good games, of course, over the weekend. But, yeah, those blowout scores is something that we, we don't want to see too much of. This is Afternoon Sport on the way. Two-time Premiership player Corey McKernan to tell us all about it. about those Swannies. Corey McKernan, wow. That's all I can say. They were just extraordinary. It doesn't happen very often that you see a team that had a pretty poor year and hasn't had the greatest time of it come out and blow the defending premiers off the park.
3: How did I know you were going to lead off the top with that <laughs> one, you blokes? No, look, I, uh, just the young talent that John Longmire has assembled there is is quite remarkable, and it could mean three weeks in a row that they've had... Uh, Errol Golden, Braden Campbell, and you're going to have Chad Warner and you haven't even had Logan McDonald yet. So it's sort of a bit unprecedented that we could have three weeks in a row a a Rising Star nomination. But I think the bigger picture for Sydney, look, they may not win the flag this year, but they will remember occasions like they did on Saturday where you can go to the MCG and you take on Mm -hmm. the big dogs and and they really gave it to Richmond and that is one that they can put in the memory bank whether it's this later this year or whether it's next year, it is that that's that's probably the bigger picture for the Sydney Swans.
1: Yeah, definitely. Corey, the big thing was um, without with Buddy there, I know Buddy be running at these young kids with his arms sprawled out, and the kids would obviously try and look at him most times. But they they got five or six inside fifty options there. It's really really good signs.
3: And you know what? Like I, I know you sort of touched on on the top, but the other thing that's happened the last few years because the Swans haven't had uh the best of times it, they have been playing a lot of a lot of guys um you know, i mean getting game time into guys that probably wouldn't have normally got game mm. time in positions on the ground and look you're now seeing it starting to to bear a lot of fruit but yeah, it's exciting times for the Sydney Swans. I
0: don't, I don't want to play on the fact that North Melbourne got absolutely flogged. I'd rather go more positive than that. They've only got Adelaide this week, and Tex Walker, who, who's really struggling.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. It's you know what, <laughs> you know what, Sh- Shane would probably appreciate this. It's all right to have the spinners in the game, but it's the big fast bowlers and it's the big key yep. forwards that that bring the ter- get the turnstiles moving and. uh Look, it's fantastic to see Tex Walker, who'd had a bit of a tough time. To give you an idea how good Tex is going at the moment with his, his kicked five, six, and six, that was more goals than what he kicked last year. So, right. But look, I, I think it's fantastic. When you see a power forward in the, in the, in the rich vein of form that Tex is in, you just – even I must I, – I do find myself looking forward to watching the TV even this week against my kangaroos.
1: Twenty-three rounds this year, um, and you're seeing guys like Josh Bruce kick kick ten for the Bulldogs. Um, are we going to see someone kick a hundred goals again?
3: Yeah, I don't know. I think we 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 we're all getting a bit in, intoxicated and a bit yeah. <laughs> a bit excited with this. But look, it, it is it is great to see. The thing that it is quite strange, Shane right, is defenders. God God help them. They've actually got to play on forwards. They can't zone off anymore, and yeah. they can't hide. And that's what's exactly happening. The ball's coming in quick and there's none of this zoning off stuff that they were able to do in previous years. They've actually Mm. got to legitimately play on someone. Mm. And you know what? They've actually got to learn how to do it.
0: Well, you said the Swans may not win the Premiership, but they're in there playing. And the other team that uh, we're we're very early on, I know, but there's no reason why the Western Bulldogs, Shane just mentioned it there, and they, they, they absolutely dismantled North Melbourne as we know, there's no reason why that beverage team couldn't win the flag this year.
3: Well, it's it does have a lot of makings of, of someone that can go deep in September. They've got a really powerful midfield and it has got a blend of guys that have actually been there before that when they broke that premiership drought a few years ago, adding in new talent. And the other one that um, they still haven't had their, Hugo Umara, they still haven't had him uh, come into the team yet either. So it's, it's pretty scary for, um, I mean, opposition teams, but uh, pretty much a delight if you're a Western Bulldogs
1: fan. Mm. Another game I enjoyed watching was Geelong versus the Hawks and, and Geelong getting home right at the end there by, um, by, only by, by a goal. Uh, my mother-in-law is a big Geelong supporter and she might have lost a few, few years off her life watching that game yesterday.
3: Yeah, you, you, it's it's actually getting to the point you actually can't make a lot of the stuff up between Geelong and Hawthorne anymore, mm. can you? Because it, this Easter... Uh, Monday game that, you know, I mean, there was nearly 50, I think there was 50,000 people at the MCG. Mm -hmm. There's so many times on Easter Monday when this game nearly seems like it's dead and buried. I know I had a look at one point and I think the cats are out to a 27 point lead, but then as soon as you turn your back and all of a sudden it's game on, but it's, it it should be nearly like a Christmas game because it keeps on delivering.
0: Yeah. It was extraordinary. Great atmosphere as well. And you could feel it. Couldn't you? Uh, GWS, uh, what a, what a what an ordinary old start! What a bludger of a start of a year for them.
3: Yeah, they're in an interesting situation, GWS, aren't they? They're, they've still got a lot of the the stars that they've still got, but it's now getting to the point of uh, yeah. I know they want to get they want to get wins on the board, but it, it may get to the point this season. Are they going you know to? I mean, utter those words. Are we going you know to? I mean, start to rebuild. So. It is interesting times for GWS over the next few weeks. I can't look good, didn't they, Corey? Yeah, the Blues look fantastic. Isn't it, isn't it funny? We're all very quick to, to try and wind people up. And mm. with Patrick Cripps, he, he was pretty much finished last week and everyone was saying, is he injured and all this sort of stuff. And, look, it was fantastic to watch him come out and play on the weekend. He had the, the shoulder tape flapping in the wind and I think he had a <laughs> he had the warrior mentality and he had a, free, a few people in his sights, I think, and he... I you mean, know, he came out, had 30 possessions, kicked a couple of goals. But I tell you, the person I wouldn't want kick, kicking for goal for my life would be Harry McCoy because yeah. uh, he, he's doing things in front of goal that would make the great Stephen Kernahan, who was a great <laughs> Carlton Lord. forward past, would make him uh, shudder. But you know what? He had, he had 12 shots on goal and kicked seven goals, five, and he's given the Blues a real target down forward.
0: And just finally, Corey, there's so much to talk about. We could be here all day, couldn't we? Because there's so much to unstitch. St Kilda, they got the win in the first round. They got beaten last week, but not badly. But boy, oh boy, this weekend, all the bad habits. Nick Revolt's come out and just smashed them up and said that, you know, they, they need to have a good look at themselves and they need to get rid of a few of the veterans.
3: Yeah, it's only, uh, it's only round three. I think we need to maybe just take a deep breath. But who knows, St Kilda sort of playing a bit of catch-up from the pre-season where it seemed late in the pre-season they lost a number of different players and trying to get them back into the team as the season goes along. But again, they're a bit like GWS. who have got a, a pivotal three or four-week period and, and who knows, if they can manage to try and scrounge out a few wins, well... I mean it could set them up for a second half of the year, but if, if they don't, well then Nick grew may be right on the money.
1: Brilliant, Corey. Look, I know it's only April, mate, but as a Swan supporter I do, I wish it was September. <laughs> <laughs>
3: you know what? It it is super exciting. The brand of footy that they are playing is the, the that's the footy that we love to see. I mean, when they're taking the game on and that and I mean it's it's gonna be great to see when they play Essendon this Thursday night.
0: And hopefully buddy you'll be back. Good on you, Corey. See you, boys. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, Ash Barty, we absolutely love her. She is world number one. Jaslyn Hewitt is next. PlaySport is calling game on for a new way to play. A free platform to explore and be inspired to connect to thousands of sport, rec and wellbeing activities in your community. Just go to PlaySport.com. PlaySport, whatever moves you. Ash Barty, I absolutely love her. She's a phenomenal tennis player. Everything she does, she does with class. Jazlyn Hewitt, uh, number one in the world. She stays there.
2: Yes, it's an exciting week Uh, over the weekend with uh, Ash Barty defending her Miami Open singles title. And she has kept the world number one spot. So it it is fantastic for her. She's had so so many uh, critics along the way. Does she deserve this? Does she not? The number one position after the year that was hampered by covid but it's just fantastic to look at her results already in 2021 she's only played the four tournaments and actually won two of them so um yeah she she is an australian champion that's for sure
1: um jazz we were sort of, well i was at least questioning her um her want to be over there and particularly travelling as you said mentioned covid but um once she's there the, the fight she's got in that stomach of hers is uh is unbelievable isn't it
2: Yes, and that's one thing that uh, I think we as Australians love about Ash yeah. is actually watching her compete and fight for every ball. Um, it hasn't been easy for her. She's had a lot of three-setters uh, in Miami, but um, even the match against Bianca Andreescu in the final, she was uh, killing her 6-3-2 love. Bianca unfortunately rolled her ankle at 2-love there but uh, and had to withdraw at 4-love. But you could see that she was all over Bianca in the final.
0: It was really good to see her smash. Down. And she doesn't usually do this. She's quite uh, meek and mild in many ways away from the court, but there has been criticism and you just mentioned it about the circumstances of her being world number one. And she simply said, I never have to prove anything to anyone. I know all the work that I do with my team behind the scenes. Boom.
2: Yes. And and, and what a team she has with Craig Tizer, um, a uh, Victorian now lives up in, in Brisbane. Um, the coach that she's had with him uh, for most of the journey so she has a great team around her and and they're very successful in what they're doing and they know they know that uh, what works for her now
1: now Serena's to miss the Madrid open
2: yes going back to um Eon Tyriax Yeah, oh, yeah what about him so, yeah, very very disappointing, but it's great that she's actually making a stand. I think the draw has actually got the uh, – she's the only top 40 player uh, that is actually not going to Madrid, and rightfully so, given his uh, recent comments uh, regarding her still being on the tour. But you, you do see what a dominant force she still is. So if she was losing first rounds, uh, fair enough. But, no, she's she's a good contender with uh, within all the grand slams and the names of Yabadi's in Osaka, so she definitely has her right of being up there.
0: Yeah, his criticism of hers was remarkable, particularly from an Australian perspective. We watched her at the Australian Open, and look, she didn't win the title, but boy, boy, she had some fantastic touches. Just just quickly, this this French Open, um, anyone who's following the whole COVID data structure will see the UK is doing well, the US is doing well, but France... Italy. Boy, oh boy, the numbers are off the charts and they're going through a a third phase. How does that affect things?
2: Yeah, it's just watching goal at the moment for uh, the French Tennis Federation and uh, just to make sure that they can have Roland Garros go ahead. Uh, You saw what the French were doing last year with just changing the date. They'll be adamant that it will go ahead, but France is in another four week lockdown. Uh, They're allowed to go out for work. Uh, However, they've been uh, recommended they Need to stay at home and isolate. So it is going to be interesting. So hopefully, uh, when the vaccines or the vaccine actually kicks in over the next six weeks, we might be able to see a little bit more relief over in France and, and they'll be able to have a bit more normal French Open or Roland Garros. But um, you no, know, it's definitely interesting times and something you can definitely feel for them given uh, what the Australian Open had to ordeal that they had to go through.
1: Mm-hmm. Ash Barty, obviously, we mentioned she's in great form, and um, it bodes well for her in the French Open. But uh, any of our male guys uh, contenders? Do you think for the French?
0: Uh,
2: I would say the French Open and on the clay just doesn't really suit yeah. our our style of play, as as we mentioned the other week. That we don't actually have too many clay courts mm. here in Australia, so our players. Uh, in the past, we've done really well on that quicker hard court um, and surprisingly so. Uh, we're still a nation known for our grass court tennis, even though there's uh, unfortunately not too many grass courts around the place mm. anymore. But uh, I think the the Australians' uh, volley game, net game, the way that they can play doubles and transition into the net, I think that still holds them in good stead when they do play on the grass. Um, no, I'm, I'm not too hopeful uh, within within the men's. I mean, you know where uh, what Ash has done in the past there. So um, hopefully on the women's side will be, again, quite strong.
0: Absolutely, Ash. Uh, Barty is world number one and she deserves it. That's the big talking point and we're going to watch her over the next few months. Thanks so much, Jazz.
2: Thanks, guys.
0: That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. Big thank you today, of course, to Corey McKernan, two-time premiership player, and the wonderful Jaslyn Hewitt, our Spartan Sports sponsors, Shane, the few S's there. Yes, sure is. Spartansportshq.com. And can we send a pig roll with coleslaw to our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. See you tomorrow.
1: We'll see you then, guys. Take care.